uh, finding ways to differentiate yourself is key, right? Um, yeah. I've always thought that's an ingredient for success. And if you are hired in a new job or company, of course, you know, first step, like we talked about, understanding the team, understanding the culture norms. Um, but you always want to see kind of the job bigger than yourself, right? At a company level, how can you have the most impact? Welcome to the Visible at Work podcast, the show that shares what to do after you get the job. Designed to help you navigate workplace issues and unlock executive opportunities through communication. I'm your host, Tracy, and you're welcome this week. It's so exciting to be back again on the podcast. This is Tracy from the Visible at Work podcast, and I have a very special guest with me today. He is the VP Consumer and Device Sales for Microsoft Canada and he's based in Toronto. I'm currently in Vancouver and it's so exciting to be able to share with a leader who has managed a lot of global teams. He has actually traveled to over 61 countries and then he has managed teams about uh, lived in about three different countries and counting. So it's such a pleasure with me today to have Travis Ames with us on the podcast. Travis, you're welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tracy. Excited to be here and share my experiences with uh, your listeners. Okay. I just wanted to point out, did I pronounce your name correctly? Was it Travis or Travis? Uh, Travis. Yes. <laughs> when I said neutral, I was like, uh-uh, no, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. And um, we're just so excited to have you today and just be able to give us a lot of background on the stories, you managing global teams and working with different kinds of people from all over the world and still getting the results uh, that you need to get from your team. So we really want to have that insider's, you know, secret on how um, people who work with this kind of teams, either remotely or they had to move and be located in another country, either as experts or as immigrants, how they can really stand out at work. So um, Travis, we're so happy to have you today. Love being here. Thanks, Tracy. Let's let's go back. Let's backtrack a little bit. How what was your first assignment, international assignment like? I know you started off in Seattle. So the first international assignment you had, when was it and what was it like? Yeah, so uh, I, I really started my career at Microsoft in Seattle. I'd never really traveled before Microsoft in a big way. So that was amazing to get to go around the globe. But my first international assignment was 12 years into Microsoft. In 2012, I got a job to head up our HP account team sales team based out of Geneva, Switzerland for all of Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And so uh, that was... Uh, quite a shock to the system, as you can imagine, being a uh, American born and raised in Seattle who never lived outside the US, let alone really the Washington state. <laughs> and uh, to, you know, to move to a smaller city, Geneva has such a global reputation, but it's really quite a small uh, city, 250,000 people roughly. Wow. Um, you know, and you're going from Seattle, around 1.2 million, Toronto yeah. now 8 million. Um, but it's such an international city with great influence. The yeah. other thing I learned um, going to uh, Geneva, I'm sure you've experienced this or your listeners have, is just going to another country where you don't speak the language. Yeah. Right? And, um, you know, when you tour, you mentioned I've been to 60 plus countries. And I'm sure your listeners are well-traveled. Um 
But, you know, it's one thing to travel as a tourist. It's another to go there to live. And when yeah. you go as a tourist, you kind of expect people to speak at least your language um, to some extent. When you live, you don't get that luxury, right? And, you know, I think it's one of those cool experiences, actually key challenges for you to learn is living in another country where you don't speak the language. And, you know, those little moments like getting your hair cut become, <laughs> you know, a big challenge to explain using Spanish as my common language with my Italian uh, hairstylist on how I wanted my haircut because oh, she right. spoke no English at all. <laughs> Right? That's a very dicey situation. Like the haircut, it had better be good. <laughs> better be good. And uh, thankfully, I've uh, had pretty short hair, so we figured it out. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of little moments like that. And, the, you know, the teams are also different. I think um, adapting to a different kind of team and work culture environment, too, where you kind of have to uh, have the balance of like bringing a new point of view, but also uh, really appreciating the way that the current team, the current culture works, right? Yeah. And you yeah. kind of have to do the latter before teams and people are really accepting of the new ideas or the new experiences you bring. Mm. And I say that I, I learned that kind of the hard way because when you come in with a bunch of new ideas and change and way things have been, before you truly understand the way things are uh, with the team, kind of their culture norms, it can it can break trust, uh, mm -hmm. and it takes longer to establish. So I'd say that would be one learning. It's not that you don't want to stand out and bring yourself. You absolutely do. There's such value in that, but you want to take the time first to really understand uh, the culture you're in and appreciate the people uh, for who they are before you uh, really jump in to trying to differentiate yourself. I like that, Travis. You, you know, talking about building trust and that trust takes time and also you taking the time to understand uh, the teams that you're working with before you can now be in the position to make those ideas and then give them new um, plans to work with, but you just have to take that time to build trust. So what was it for you? Uh, how long did that uh, take you between the time you moved and you started working with the team and then you were able to build the trust and uh, get them on board? What was the timeline like for you for that first uh, assignment? Yeah, I mean, it, it took some time with my team, especially, you know, for for non-Americans, I will say, and even North Americans for the Canadians too, yeah. the assuming trust, assuming kind of positive intent is kind of built more built in culturally. I, I wouldn't say Europeans were, were more skeptical, but you kind of have to earn that trust more in new relationships. And my, um, my pervasive optimism, I found, actually breeded a bit of uh, skepticism with the, the, the team. Like, is this guy for real, right? He's always smiling. He's always happy. He's always seen glass half full. Can we really trust him? Mm. And so it, I, I think it took more, more time for me um, to also appreciate that, you know, there's, there's got to be differences in style and there is some value to having a bit more empathy and flexing that um, that uh, side of you 
that shows, you know, hey, this is actually a really tough challenge or a tough situation or, hey, it's tough moving to a new country where I don't have any friends or family here. You know, yeah. they're thousands of miles away. So sharing kind of the honesty of the tougher side of making a big international move like that. I think if I shared some more of that up front, that would have uh, made the trust building happen a little faster. That's a very good point. Just like saying, um, being vulnerable to an extent, even though as a leader, um, they look up to you for, you know, counsel and, you know, leading and directing the team, but also seeing that vulnerable side of, I'm also trying to still get into the swing of things and I am open and I want you guys to trust me. I was reading uh, something recently. Oh, I think it was a video I was watching. And this guy is actually European, but he he built a business in North America. And he was talking about how he went back home and he was trying to sell the business. And even clients will call and will ask, what was the high school you went to? Where, <laughs> who are your parents? Like he's talking about business and he was trying to, bring to light the differences between, you know, him building the business in North America and then going back to Europe, trying to sell that same business. And he took a lot more objections from customers uh, just trying to know more about him before they were ready to come on board. So I get that in terms of um, the Europeans taking time to build that trust. For people who work with uh, Microsoft or a lot of other big technological companies, they see a success as taking ownership and taking accountability. How would you talk about the differences with individuals who are culturally different um, with some of the teams that you've managed and who are a lot more slower to taking ownership? How do you manage such um, situations? Yeah, Tracy, no, that's a great point. Yeah, at Microsoft, I mean, accountability is one of our core values. So in our values remain wherever we do business around the world. There are cultural kind of uh, acceptance and, and awareness changes, of course, as we go country, country to country. So there's different interpretations uh, that people may have. You know, really, a lot of times there is a difference in the directness of accountability that you have, as well as kind of being public. Yeah, in front of teams as well, driving accountability versus behind the scenes. Um, and there's a right place and a right time to know how to flex on uh, the accountability to address issues, uh, to address ownership, to address performance, um, you know, in front of the teams or behind the scenes. So that's, that's one thing I learned. And there's also been a, a difference in kind of uh, speed I've noticed too. And, uh, you know, culturally, there are obviously some differences in kind of the balance between the quality of work and the completeness of the answer people feel they need versus the speed and time to market or time to an answer. And um, you got to find the right balance for each individual as well as each kind of deliverable or project, right? Because there absolutely are, are cultural differences that play into that. You have to understand those as a manager or a leader, you know, setting too fast a pace or too direct a tone of accountability uh, can impact, negatively impact teams. Uh, it can also be a positive uh, differentiator, motivator when you know uh, people's inclinations for how they want to work. Mm. 
Yeah. So would you say that such differences need to be both for the market that you're pushing whatever projects you're working on or your go-to-market strategy and also for the team as well, um, based on the individual and also their cultural influences? Yes. You know, specifically, I was talking more on the team, um, but uh, as you know, there there is general kind of culture differences country to country, but then, of course, individuals are individuals, right? Yeah. Um, so understanding the individual kind of capabilities of your team, the differences in work styles are, are absolutely key. Yeah, amazing. So with everything happening and a lot of people under pressure working from home, well, things are beginning to open up now and gradually, thankfully. So, but I think a lot of people will still be taking their time before they go back to a physical office space. And there's been a lot of pressure and um, with your devices and retail support. And so how has how have you been able to maintain that collaborative environment for your team, especially when it comes to the consumer devices and then, you know, the retail support since a lot more people are using the devices at home? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, there's been kind of two, two parts. One is for our, our retail-based employees. You know, we've really had to pivot and uh, reinvent themselves and how they add value to our customers during this time. Mm-hmm. And actually been great to see. So our retail field facing employees have now used Teams and remote work to be able to remotely uh, train our customers on Teams, remotely train schools and uh-huh. teachers on uh, Microsoft 365, which basically is our uh, new office plus more. Um, and, you know, it's been a great to see them uh, adapt and acquire these new skills of working, right? Like they're training literally yeah. thousands of customers um, and also helping customers uh, on digital sales assistance too. I mean, we're trying to take uh, some of those same great selling capabilities and customer care that they had at the retail stores to scale with a digital experience. So that's been really cool to see the way they've used this challenge as an opportunity to grow their skills. Yes, that's really nice. So almost like a skills transfer and then still using the product to teach about the product. That's so nice. That's really, really nice. You just mentioned pivoting and how your team has been able to do that very well. How would you uh, translate that into a foreigner who has to adapt, uh, especially like when you mentioned you, like when you moved uh, on your first assignment and how would you translate that kind of uh, adaptability and resilience when uh, a manager or a leader has to make such shift in their environment? So they're now they have to move in their physical environment. How would you translate that? Yeah, I think there's a, there's absolutely a lot of parallels in adapting yourself to new challenges. And I think coming in a new country as a, as a foreigner, um, you know, that, that is a similar scenario and even more of a challenge, right? So. Today's episode was brought to you by Career Visibility Accelerator Program. Have you ever felt that sinking feeling of being left out? Then listen, there's a problem you face being a highly skilled foreign professional. If you're an immigrant, 
a self-funded expat, a newcomer, or have English as your second language. You've prepared for everything else, location, food, weather, a great house, schools for your kids if you have one, but you haven't prepared for the business side of selling your skills in a new environment. You might get a job just to pay the bills. Of course, we all have bills to pay, so that's understandable. But then you get sucked into just surviving. How do you get unstuck from that? And even if you got a job, how do you influence decision makers at work, confidently speak up at meetings, deal with the cultural differences that could affect your productivity and performance? You plan for every other thing else. And all of that is hinged on the work that you do. So, you need to plan for how you manage your talent, sell your skills, build your connections, and recertify to learn a new skill set. There comes Career Visibility Accelerator Program. It is here to help cut short that long, lonely, difficult process as a leading six-week virtual training program to help you stand out at work. If you're ready to take action, then join us and let's go all in. Visit www.visibleatwork.com. Sign up for the waitlist to learn about a proven framework to confidently share your transferable skills, articulate your value, and be the superstar you've always been. It's been tested, proven, and has helped skill the careers of many foreign professionals like you. Join the Career Visibility Accelerator program so you can make that shift from surviving to thriving. Visit www.visibleatwork.com and sign up for the waitlist today. Uh, finding ways to differentiate yourself is key, right? Um, yeah. I've always thought that's an ingredient for success. And if you're hired in a new job or company, of course, you know, first step, like we talked about, understanding the team, understanding the culture norms. Um, but you always want to see kind of the job bigger than yourself, right? At a company level, how can you have the most impact bringing all of your skills and experiences to bear? Not just what's the job on the job description you're hired for, but what you can really bring to the company. And our CEO always talks about, uh, Satya, he talks about um, using Microsoft as your platform uh, to create impact and really empower uh, our customer success. And um, you know that would be my advice is find those areas where you can make a difference beyond your core job, uh, leveraging your experience. And if you see a skills gap that is in demand on the company, like I mentioned, our retail workers moving to digital and training on digital through Microsoft Teams, like go invest in that learning and skills. We place a huge emphasis right now on learning, um, you know, beyond our core jobs. And the company really does celebrate people taking off, you know, five hours or a day a week to go learn something new and really up their skills and capabilities in a different area that ultimately will help the company and help grow their careers. Yeah, that's that's very important. And Satya's leadership uh, with Microsoft now has been phenomenal, you know, just taking it to the next level. In fact, I, I went to uh, the campus, I think it was early in February before the lockdown. I went to visit a friend who also worked in Microsoft. So he was, he was just like, okay, let's go around the campus. It was pretty like in the evening, you know, but 
I just see um, like part of what you talk about in terms of the culture and how, um, you know, everyone just has to look for a way to differentiate yourself and still adapt at the same time. So bringing it back to your leadership style, now you are in Canada, you started off in Seattle. How would you describe your leadership style now? Yeah, uh, Tracy, I've, I've really evolved as a, a leader and really a human being, uh, having these experiences that started, uh, you know, being a foreigner for the first time in my life in Geneva and, uh, you know, really having to make those connections uh, across uh, both personally and professionally there. It helped me adapt to learning new cultures and really understanding what it's like to come in not having that advantage, right? Yeah. Um, not having that network, not having the background, not understanding really the language, all the things that, you know, frankly, were advantages that I had growing up in Seattle in the back, by, backyard of Microsoft were gone. You know, of course, I was still at Microsoft, so that helped me out. But but really, it was um, it helped shape me as a leader. And same with, you know, moving to Canada now, uh, with my wife, we've also had to reset not knowing anybody a little bit different now, having done it before, plus, you know, English speaking, um, a little bit more uh, North America culture. So it's been more adaptable, but still, I've, I've really learned a lesson of diversity and inclusion, how that's such a power to have that on teams, how it's such a power to bring that out in the open, uh, the transparency of it. I think really highlights uh, the unique value that each person brings to the team. And I mean each person. Uh, I don't mean the top layer of leaders. I mean uh, every single role on the team. And, uh, you know, that's been something that we celebrate here is our differences. Uh, and that allows people to bring their true authentic self uh, to the job and to not having to feel like they have to cover where they're from or what their religion is or what uh, religious holiday they're celebrating, uh, their hairstyle, all different sorts of things, sexual orientation, you, you expand on the list. But yeah. the point is um, getting people to feel included, getting them to show up with the total uh, themselves every time and to bring their voice into the room because that's where it translates to business value is when everybody starts bringing their ideas, their experiences, their perspectives in, you get better business decisions, you get more actively engaged uh, employees, and you get a team that generally more cares about each other and appreciates the differences because you also feel appreciated yourself as an individual. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Travis. We really had an amazing time with you, just being very personal, sharing your own personal story and also what we can look forward to as well. So how can we find you if anyone wants to connect with you? What projects, exciting projects are you working on? Any last words for anyone listening? Yeah, thank you, Tracy. I just say, you know, be well and stay optimistic. That optimism does help teams and everyone through this time. Uh, thanks everyone for, for staying safe and respecting social distancing as well as best you can. And when you're not using Microsoft Teams, I just say, you know, look out for the new Xbox 
uh, Series X. We're very excited to launch later this uh, fall holiday Yay. in Canada, so that's awesome. <laughs> uh, we've also got Project X Cloud, uh, cloud-based gaming on any device. We're in preview for Canada now. Um, so there's a lot of exciting things um, to stay optimistic about right now. Mm. Um, you, you opened uh, our podcast up that things are starting to slowly open up. It's important we do that in a safe way um, that really helps, you know, everyone do that safe, responsible way. But uh, yeah, just thanks again, Tracy, for having me out. I hope this was uh, helpful to your listeners and uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. I'm absolutely on LinkedIn. I should have mentioned LinkedIn too is an absolute great way to grow your profile, grow your career and network when you're new to a new country, even within your company. Um, so please use that uh, tool wisely. Yes, thank you so much, Travis. And guys, remember communication is a superpower to remain visible at work. I'll see you next week.